Welcome to The Word at Westminster, a podcast with talks, studies, interviews, sermons, and more from Westminster Church in Barrie, Canada. It's about learning and living God's Word. All right, welcome everybody to this uh, podcast, and I'm so happy to be spending a few minutes uh, talking with William Min, who, as, as you've heard, is our, our new coordinator of youth and outreach. And uh, I've known William for a little while, but some of you don't, obviously, so this is a chance to, to chat with him and get to know him a bit more. So I'm going to ask him a few questions. And uh, first thing, you know, you, you and Tori have four boys, uh, nine and under, in your house. Like, how loud is your house? <laughs> it can get pretty loud. Um, thanks for having me, Matthew. Uh, we actually have a dog as well, and he's the loudest. He's a small, small white dog, and he gets yeah. pretty loud. We did have a cat as well, so our uh, our house was pretty lively for a while. Um, wow. But it gets pretty loud at, at times, especially after school. There are three of them are in school uh, now, and our youngest goes to daycare um, okay. now that my wife is at school. And so it's really quiet for a few hours, but when they mm-hmm. get home, I, I don't know where they get the energy, but it's, uh, um, yeah, it, it, we're, we're trying to learn to bear the fruit of patience a little bit more. <laughs> so every, everyone will get to experience a little bit of that once, uh, the, the four, well, the six of us pile into the church, uh, uh come November, but we're looking forward to that. Yeah. What, what breed is the dog, by the way? That's a good question. We thought it was a Pomeranian, <laughs> you know, but he's a 12-year-old Pomeranian mixed with something. We think okay. it's a Spitz or something like that, but right. yeah. Well, I'm sure well, sure well loved. Um, let's just back up a little bit, because uh, obviously Jesus is the most important thing. Like, how did you become a follower of, of Jesus? A few years, years ago, my wife asked my oldest brother that, um, and he said something to the effect of, I don't think I've ever not thought I was saved. And that really planted a seed in my heart because uh, my father was a Presbyterian minister for many years and transitioned to the United Church for the last uh, few years of his ministry. Um, But growing up, we were raised in in a Christian household um, and my father was, you know, very dedicated to, to his church ministry. And growing up, you know, it was just never really a question of, am I a Christian or not? Having said that, uh, I think it became, you know, a more of a personal kind of, I want to be a follower. I want to be a disciple, you know, mm-hmm. making that conscious decision. Yeah. I want to be a disciple of Christ happen in university uh, mm-hmm. when I joined a Christian club. Um, at the time, it was one version of the Campus Crusade for Christ. Right. They changed their name a few times to Power to Change. And it was the Korean uh, group. So there were anyway, lots of different name changes. But at the end of the day, it was through that campus ministry that I began to understand what it meant to be, you know, a disciple and mm-hmm. what it meant to be to live out, you know, the Great Commission and how the Great Commission was something for me to to mm-hmm. listen to and to to be obedient to. Because I think growing up, that was never part of, you know, my upbringing that, you know, learning to be a disciple is this and that kind of thing. It was just, I grew up thinking that I was a Christian. And so Mm -hmm. for better or for worse, I think I thought of myself as better than a lot of people growing up, but Mm -hmm. university, that's when it all became a reality and something very personal. Mm -hmm. Um, That from that point on now wanting to live a life um, for, for Christ and for building his kingdom has, has been the number one priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I remember reading something, I think it was Billy Graham, who said, you know, he remembers a time when he like made a decision for Jesus, but his yeah. his wife, Ruth, 
similar. She's like, I, I, I grew up in a Christian household. I never don't remember a time when that wasn't the case. Um, I think it was St. Francis. Um, when I was reading some stuff about him, for, for him, it was like he had a bunch of these experiences, which were like a series of yeses, the more mm. he understood. So I, yeah, I relate to, I relate personally to what you've said, because it's like a series of yeses as you go through, oh, this, and then this, and then personal and pursuing. And yeah, no, I appreciate that. So, you know, Westminster, what, what attracted you to this, to this position at Westminster? To be honest, it's kind of hard to say. Um, because I've kind of just left the door open for God in terms of where he will take us, you know, from, from here. Um, as people at Westminster will know now, I've been the minister here at First Presbyterian Church in Penetanguishing for, for, for five years. And, you know, my my father and other people always told me that around the four-year, five-year mark is when you start wanting to ask some important questions about mm. where, where your ministry goes from here. And so I didn't have much of an inclining that I needed to move anywhere or I needed to make drastic actions. But I think that kind of allowed me to leave my my heart and, and my mind open to any opportunities that came my way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, I wasn't actively searching for a change. But one thing, you know, I heard about the opportunity. One thing led to another. And I think fairly quickly, uh, the turnaround on that was fairly quick um, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, feeling a sense that, okay, this is what God, this is the direction that God wants me mm. and my family to move in. Wow. I've been, maybe this isn't the greatest thing to to share here, but I've, I've been out of youth ministry for five years. And so, so, <laughs> and over the last five years, so much has changed. So I feel like I me- might need to learn new things. I'm definitely not part of the TikTok generation at all. I have no idea what that, any of that means. So <laughs> Um, having to learn, you know, the ins and outs of what youth culture looks like now. Uh, but at the same time, I've been hearing people uh, around me um, say things like that I would be a good fit for for that kind of ministry, that they mm. see that kind of gifting and that that those that kind of potential. And so while personally, I hadn't really given it a whole lot of thought to hear that affirmation from other people. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, as we think of a call, as we think of the direction that God leads us, it's good to hear that public affirmation. And I think that's led to with, with the way things played out uh, an affirm, affirm affirmation from God saying that this is, mm-hmm. this is where he wants us to go. And so, yeah, yeah, we're thankful for that. Yeah. I think, I think that public affirmation is good too. Cause sometimes when, when yourself, you're thinking through things about your own discernment and everything, you know, we're in our own minds all the time. So it's hard to know, you know, and get that perspective. But when someone else says something to us, yeah, I would agree. It's like, okay, that's someone else who isn't me reflecting on that, that way. And, you know, and I, as I've thought about you and looked at your experience, I've, I've had the same sense as well. And, and we've talked about this, but I'll say it here as well, just so people know, you're coming into a context where there's a lot of support, there's a lot of, uh, you know, good volunteers and people who are doing things. So you're coming into a kind of a team environment, which is okay. which is going to be great. But in terms of in terms of youth, you know, what what is something that's vital to their faith development so far as you've seen and experienced it? Um, I think the two main things for me that have been important um, in my mind uh, and heart recently. Um, First is is the idea of um, the gospel being communicated in truth and grace. You know, mm. when John we read how Jesus came full of truth and grace. So trying to to marry those two things and trying to figure out how that plays out in in life and in ministry. Um, so there is the element where there needs to really be a clarity in in the gospel and what the gospel is um, without you know 
necessarily trying to sugarcoat things or dance around hard subjects. I think the youth, as they grow older, especially deserve to be given, you know, that truth um, to to the best of um, our abilities to communicate clearly what that truth is. But also, um, again, as they grow older, you know, learning to trust them uh, with with a lot of grace, um, you know, trusting them to have to do the work themselves in terms of uh, working out their salvation for themselves and trying to, you know, go through that. Um, You know, for me growing up, a lot of the way we were raised as as Christians was a lot more disciplinary and, and not mm. as much grace maybe at times. Um, and, you know, there's, there's some good and bad to that, I think. Um, but uh, ultimately there, there is an element where we have to, you know, carry that truth well, but also to entrust that to, uh, to the, to, to the youth and ultimately to God, to walk them through that, that process of discovering that truth and working out that salvation for themselves. So that's the first thing that's kind of big. Okay. But the other part is also the importance of, I guess, the primary spiritual caregivers of the youth. Now, this isn't always easy. And I think it's a challenge depending on the family situation. Um, but ideally, um, in in its most healthiest places, a youth to to grow up where their spiritual caregiving and nurturing is happening mainly at home is is important. Yeah. Uh, is is you know to so I think a lot of times we may tend to just unload to the church. You know, here are my kids. You take care of them and raise yeah. them as Christians. But mm-hmm. there is an element where they have to bring that home and. You know, the, the home is the place where where the spiritual growth and formation happens. And the church is there to support that, of course. Um, so the church family is important. The family is important. Um, and again, I know that's that can be challenging and it's not always uh, the reality for a lot of youth and a lot of families. Um, but to work towards that, I think, would be would be important. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's helpful. Thank you. Um, what, uh, you know, in, in light of the fact that people are listening to this and, and wanting to get to know you uh, better, you'll be coming, you know, uh, over to Westminster later on in November, but what, how would your wife, Tori, describes you, describe you to someone who has never met you? Um, so you've only seen me in pictures, but um, the, I think the first thing that she would tell people is that I'm very short. <laughs> She she told me that she had never seen anyone, someone as we met on campus in at the University of Toronto in Mississauga, and she said she had never seen someone as short as me. And that's that weird, I don't like think you're that short. I don't yeah. think you're short. Yeah, it's an exaggeration for, for sure. <laughs> I think she really means um, that she just never thought that she would either date, let alone marry someone who was a good 10 centimeters shorter than her. Maybe she's tall. So, Is she like seven foot four or... No, not that tall. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for reference, I'm I'm five foot three, I think. Last time I checked, so I'm not. I'm definitely not the tallest of the bunch. But other than um, height, what what is there a characteristic <laughs> <laughs> that she might say? Um, I mean, playfully, she'll often refer to me as kind of a grasshopper. Um, if you're familiar with like the Aesop fable, Ant and the Grasshopper. Uh, story mm-hmm. oh really well mm-hmm. the ant is you know the story is it's a short story where the ant is working all summer long to gather food and the yeah. grasshopper is up on his stock playing on his guitar kind of thing <laughs> and come winter time the grasshopper has no food and goes to the <laughs> ants to beg for for food 
Um, so she she says I'm a bit of a grasshopper. Now, this isn't to say that I don't work hard for all those listening, which I'm sure is a bit of a concern. Um, but I think it's more along the lines of I work hard on the things that I love and are passionate about. Right. Um, you know, I tend to get, you know, really even a little obsessed over things when it draws my interest in peak. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have many different interests and, you know, they come in waves, you know, for one season it'll be music or one season it'll be DJing or one season it'll be this and that. And so I kind of dive in to those kind of things. But when it's something that I'm passionate about um, mm-hmm. and something that I love, um, I, I tend to work hard at those things and, and I, those things excite me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. No, I hear that. No, that's good. I think, uh, um, yeah, I, I appreciate your calm confidence. So maybe that fits into the, uh, you're, you don't seem to be too, you know, you don't get, you know, freaked out about things uh, in, in the moment as much, which I appreciate. But speaking of interest, you raised them. What is aggressive inline skating? As I said <laughs> to the congregation, yeah. it hurts my back saying that phrase. Um, yeah, but so- uh, what is, what's the deal with that? So it's definitely one of those master of none, you know, type. <laughs> it's, it's actually something that I've recently gotten into that I've always wanted to do since like, okay. I think junior high, high school. So I was taking pictures of me doing it and sending it to my friends from high school. And it's like, I've finally done it. Right. <laughs> um, but the idea is essentially rollerblading where you're doing kind of like skateboard tricks, I guess, you know, jumping oh, on okay. ra- rails and ledges and, and trying to grind those and slide along those. So, right. yeah. Um, my, my, my knees and my body doesn't thank me all the time for that. It's, <laughs> Tell it's, me where a helmet. Uh, I really need to buy one. <laughs> I, really to I will one. buy you one. I will buy you. <laughs> all right. Like, so anyway, anyway, what, what's, uh, is there anything else that you think the congregation should know about you? Um, well, b- despite being a minister for the past five years and doing, you know, ministry with people for so long, I, me and my wife, I would say, are we're not the most outgoing people. Um, so I would ask a little for a little bit of graciousness in that, especially as we mm-hmm. come into a new environment. But we will always welcome, you know, a, a chat, right? Mm-hmm. So I would hope that people will not be discouraged to come say hi to my family and I. We might have a little bit of that, you know, that Asian kind of stoic kind of, you know, um, bland faces, but uh, it's it's not that we're mean. It's just we're just a little shy uh, around new people. Um, so we maybe we'd appreciate a little bit of your help in this. Yeah, for um, sure. We don't need you to come on too strong and invite us over for dinner or anything like that. But a hello and introduction and lots of patience as we learn new names, which can take a while, would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. We we will do that. Um, yeah, everybody. So this we've been talking with William Min, and uh, hopefully this has just been a bit of a bit of an insight, a bit of a sneak peek into uh, to him and his life a little bit as we look forward to his ministry. But as a final thought, what's your what's your favorite Bible verse right now, and and why? I've always wanted to find like my favorite Bible verse. Yeah. Um, Some people have like now. a verse for their life or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one has been you know ringing true for for the last forever. Um, it's the one I take to my visitations, and especially now, um, as oh, actually, we didn't we didn't mention it on the podcast. Or uh, my father having passed away just mm. about uh, a month ago today, actually. Mm. Um, his the Bible verse that he had selected for our family was from Proverbs three five six, which is trust in the Lord with all your heart, 
and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths yeah i actually like the two verses that follow as well um, be not wise in your own eyes fear the lord and turn away from evil it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones hmm. um and so this has been really important uh for for me as you know in the grieving process as well um and has been very helpful knowing that not only are we, am I called to trust in the Lord with all my heart, but knowing that my dad, my dad in his ministry did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just through this transition period, you know, not knowing, you know, am I really going to be the best fit for this congregation? Um, and when it comes to youth or outreach, do I really know what I'm doing? You might hear me say that quite often. I have no idea what I'm doing, but... <laughs> None of us do, man. None of us do. <laughs> I'm glad to hear you say that, but in all that trusting in the Lord, you know, with, with all your heart, leaning not on your own understanding. Oh, that's a lot of comfort in mm. all your ways, acknowledging him and trusting that he will make straight your paths, trusting that God will, will take us where we need to go, whatever that looks like. And, and I've appreciated that. And the older I get, the wiser I get, um, which uh, I, I need a lot more wisdom, but the the older I get, certainly is it's becoming more true uh, for me every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a good word. Thank you. Um, and we are praying for you, you, and with the passing of your father. And I know that he had a, had a big impact on you, and uh, was was a man of great faithfulness. And so we rejoice that he is with the Lord for sure. But we we will pray for you and Tori and the boys and the family. Um, um, on that verse, I think that's that's such a powerful one. I've been reflecting on in Matthew seven. Jesus, based in the end of the Sermon on the Mount, basically gives the definition of wisdom, which is hearing his words and putting them into practice, mm-hmm. which is so great. It's like his words are m- yeah. more profound; they're more steadfast; they're more reliable than my words. Um, yeah. His words, and then acting on them. And so, there's a really close connection between that and what you said about Proverbs three, but. Anyway, so thank you, Willie, for, for taking some time to introduce yourself a little bit. I know people are looking forward to, to meeting you and everybody else, and God bless you. Thank you very much.